There he is. Old Parker Cruz back in the house, man. What's going on? Man, not a whole lot. Um, not a whole lot. Glad to be back. Absolutely, man. For our listeners, you know, it's been a, been a week or two, but uh, the boys are back in, you know, back in the office, ready to chop it up again. What we got on tab tonight, Park? Well, you know, we did play. Uh, we played a few games since our last episode. Um, we had to win. What was it? Five out of six. Yeah, had to get had to get on a little hot streak there. Um, towards the towards the last stretch, uh, going into the last two weekends. And we needed to come up with five out of six, unfortunately. Uh, fell a little short last weekend. Brian and Stratton only took one out of three. Uh, felt like, you know, game two there, let it get away from us. Um, you know, at an early point in that game, and, you know, the boys were able to fight back, but just couldn't overcome that seven-run first-inning deficit, which that's you know, challenging. Um, I don't care who you are, you know, whether you're the – Los Angeles Dodgers or the Atlanta Braves, seven nothing's tough hole to climb out of. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, which we're not going, we're not going to harp on none of the negatives, right? But let's talk about some of the positives. Um, Matt Rainer started off, and that was the first time he started all year. Right, we had the large task out of him, and he did hit his best. That was the thing is, we uh we had to ask some things out of some guys that we haven't had to ask all year. And right. I feel like most of them came up clutch. We just couldn't finish it off. Right. And, and you know, I'll, I'll piggyback here, Parker, you know, talking about asking guys to do a lot, you know, coming into Brian and Stratton, for some of you folks that, that didn't know, you know, we lose two guys uh, to injury um, over the last two weeks, you know, middle infielder. Uh, old Dorito himself, as as Parker calls him, and, and then obviously a, another key piece to the puzzle was Sam Callaway breaking his toe. You know, he's obviously a weekend guy on the bump, a guy that hits in the middle of our lineup with some pop. Um, you know, so we, we looked to Maddie Rayner to come out there. I uh, thought his intensity, thought it was well, you know, and, and, and to kind of get more into detail, you know, to say – uh, you know, we got we got you know we got robbed a little bit with the officiating. You know, we'll get more into that later. You know, I know uh, Parker's looking forward to letting you guys hear all about my experience with that umpire, old Randy, and 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 the other joker up there in Virginia Beach. But uh, you know, I just felt like Rainer. Uh, you know, he got gypped on on some close calls early early in counts, and you know, found ourselves working from behind, and and that's never a recipe for success, especially when you're playing at a small park uh, like we did. So, um, you know, that's not a knock to, to Maddie. Uh, you know, we put him in a position he hasn't been in all year, you know, probably been um, the closest thing to a, a closing pitcher that we've had this season and, and someone who's done a great job on the back end of our bullpen, you know, and then obviously we go to him midweek and say, hey, look, man, we need you to go out and start the seven inning game. It's tough. Um, so that's not a knock on him. Uh, again, I, I thought his effort was was right there. Just uh, you know, a couple calls early don't go our way. You know, a couple fly balls that leave the yard playing out a, a wreck ball field. Oh, yeah. No, that was terrible, man. And, and you turn around and it's seven nothing. So it, it's challenging. Um, but you know, I will say this. Um, you know, seeing the boys fight back. You know, you start the game down seven nothing. It's real easy to roll over and die. 
guys were able to put up a five spot in the third. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I told the boys after the game park and, you know, I still believe we had that team on the ropes. You know, it's seven five game. Um, you know, Skylar Cross obviously leads us at, at the plate, you know, hits a three run bomb, ties it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first game, comes out game two, swinging it. He's hot. Probably our hottest hitter we still got right now. And, you know, we got a chance there with one more big knock, you know, make that a 7-6 game. Um, unfortunately, weren't able to do that. But I'm telling you, that team was on the ropes. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, we, we don't overcome that deficit as we drop it 12-8. to But, um, you know, in retrospect, I, I really wasn't impressed with our effort. I was. Yeah, um, I mean, you take away the first inning, it's a whole different ball game. It's an eight-five ball game, us. Right. So, I'm not mad whatsoever about. It. I think we played. I mean, to be to be that far behind, and I mean, we were down seven in the first. Didn't score until the fourth inning, and whenever we scored in the fourth inning, we put up a five spot. Right. If we would have came out that bottom half with the fourth and wouldn't have allowed two. I think we would have won because that would have given us all the, all the momentum going the rest of the way. But, I mean, we fought back. I mean, Matt Thompson off the bench with a double, two RBI double yeah. to uh, get it going. Then Jackson Pass and Jackson White White both hitting two doubles as well. I mean, Boyd came out clean. That's the thing. The closer we get to our final few games, we have I think we have out-hit the, our opposing – team by the I think the last seven games six games yeah you know the bats have really come alive here over the last month uh which is encouraging um for us as a unit uh and, and it's not a knock on pitchers I mean look college baseball is a journey it's a long season we touched on that last week and that's kind of the nature of the beast I mean uh you know we practice five six days a week um, we ask you guys to perfect your craft and, and that's just a testament to hard work by our hitters and, uh, starting to see some, some fruits of that labor. And, and that's good to see. It's always nice if you're a pitcher getting a little bit of run support. Absolutely. Now that was the second game. That was all fine and dandy. We got the loss. Let's talk about the third game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause my man came out there and shoved. I'll AP. Aubrey Pollard went out there and threw a complete game gym. So, I mean, whatever you want to say about my man allowed only nine hits, struck out six, and then also at the the plate got himself a knock. I mean, my man did it all that day. Absolutely. And let's not not forget the fact it was was a birthday day. I think, you know, Aubrey come out there not only, uh, you know, on a mission to – to get us a big dub, but, uh, but also came out there with a little bit of emotion, which is always, uh, you know, cool to see as a coach. Um, you always pull for guys on, on their birthday or, or whatever have you. And uh, Aubrey did nothing short of that. He, he's been a, a reliable centerpiece to the puzzle, you know, all year as a weekend guy. He, he's given us a great effort on the bump. And, and this past Sunday was nothing short of that, uh, you know, he ends up going the distance, which, you know, going into the day, uh, I know Coach Smith and I had talked, you know, we, we were really um, looking at who we had left in the bullpen, and, and we both kind of chuckled and said, you know, hey, 
we might need to ask a lot out of Aubrey today. You know, we need some some length, and and I tell you, man, nine innings, uh, that's not an easy feat. I want to say he did it in 112 pitches. So, um, you know, that dude was just he was rolling, and and he's a guy that uh, with every out, you know, he he becomes more and more comfortable with more confidence, and um, you know, I'd hate to be a hitter on the other side of that batter's box. Uh, you know, as the innings continue to move on. Uh, it was good. We finally punched back. I want to say it was in the fourth or fifth and took a, a four to one lead with a big inning there. And uh, it, could, you know, it, it proved could. to be enough down the stretch. So yep. that was the thing um, watching that game and watching him just be that dominant the way he did. And the best part is Will Albert coming off the bench, sure. hitting the double to start that right or not to start, but to score the first two runs of that big six inning that we yeah. had. And if I'm not – Huge. I want to say, you know, we start that, – that inning kind of started funny. You know, we go hit by pitch, walk, you know, then we go to the pinch hit with Albert. First pitch, he doesn't wait on a, on a thing, splits a gap in right center and where, you know, the Lancers are in business. And so, um, you know, that's kudos to him, guy coming up there with a plan, uh, obviously – helped us out in a big way, started the rally, you know, and that, that's who he is. He, he came in, you know, mid-year, and, and we knew he had that type of ability to do that. So it's good to see him coming into himself, you know, as we close out this season. Yep, absolutely. And what's uh, what's great about all of that with the fact of I've uh, – lately we've been hitting the ball better, but we haven't been able to get extra base hit this weekend we had a lot of extra base hits being able to score runs. Mm-hmm. If we could have done that all year, it'd probably be a different story, but I mean, a little late down the stretch, I mean, stuff happened, but at the end of the day, I mean, we showed up, played on uh, Sunday when we needed to for our sophomores, got the win. And that's one way you want to end it with the sophomore that are having to leave. Like uh, some of the, some of our key guys having to leave for so next year, some spots will be open up, but it felt great getting that win. Sure. Absolutely, man. All right. Let's transition here to uh, let's talk a little bit about the Braves. Braves, man. Absolutely, man. And how can we start uh, anywhere else other than the, the effort of our pitcher? Oh, you know, uh, you know, he is the first ever Braves pitcher in history. To, to hit a home run and back-to-back appearances. Obviously, he comes through with a big grand slam last night, giving us a big win over the, the you know, division rival Washington Nationals. I, I think that guy's going to be special. You know, we talk about his home runs, but uh, right now he's posting, a, I want to say, a 270 RA whip under one. I mean, this guy's going to be good. He's a young guy, oh, yeah. a lot of electricity. Uh, fans are coming to see him. That's good to see. Oh, it's great. Yeah, we needed uh we needed somebody to come pick up the rain with Soroka not being able to throw just yet, and Max Freed just being off the IL today. Right. Uh, my main Ian Ian Anderson, shoving my favorite pitcher to watch in baseball. So it was good to see our guys go out there and get the win. What was great is my man hit a grand salami <laughs> and watched it. <laughs> right. He sat there and watched it fly. <laughs> There was no doubt about it, too. Dead center. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And then our Acuna, first one to 10 homers. Yes, sir. Fantastic. And, and, and look, 
me and you talked about this a while ago, you know, way back in spring training, you know, there was never any doubt for me or you about this guy, Parker. And, and, um, you know, he was looked at a lot in spring training by, uh, by a lot of uh, big name hall of famers and been talking about the progression of, of Acuna. And, and I don't think this is to the surprise of many, this guy's going to be special. That's why the Braves paid him the money we did. And, and I'm excited we get to witness it over the next coming years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel bad for him on the uh, the extension side, though. I will say sure. that sure. it's going to help out money wise. But oh, Tatis with that big extension, oh, I bet Acuna was like, really? You can get paid that much? <laughs> right, right. But no, it's it's great. I can't like this. I'm looking forward to watching some more. Now we got. I mean, we got to start winning. I mean, we got swept by Toronto. Um, played some of the games close, just losing them down the stretch. It was great seeing Acuna versus Vladdy. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. And look, you know, I'm not a big Toronto fan, you know, being a, you know, history, American history teacher, you know, baseball is our our pastime. So I'm not huge on, you know, Canadian team and, and their success. Nothing to take away from our Canadian viewers. But I will say this, the Toronto Blue Jays, um, are a sneaky team this year. They've got a lot of young talent um, that that I think in the coming years, you know, have a chance to be really good. Obviously, they mixed in a few new pieces to the puzzle in the starting pitching category with, um, you know, Ryu coming from the Dodgers and and, and uh, obviously adding Springer in center field uh, definitely spices up that lineup. You know, you mix it in there with the Vladdy Jr., uh, you've got a chance to be really good. And, oh, and unfortunately, yeah. the Braves were on the wrong end of that last week. So uh, part of it, you know, we, we move on. It's a long season, and, and I'm sure we'll get another crack at them down the stretch. You know what sucks about this? And I know we talked about it last week or the last episode. We were talking about the division stuff. Right. And why the NL East is, doesn't look as strong as it does, as it actually is with the records and everything. Right. The Braves are 13 and 16 right now. They're fourth in the NL East. Mm-hmm. And if you look, I believe who would win in that? Uh, I believe there's only one team. No, you have one team that's 500, and it's Philadelphia. They're 15 right. and 15, then Washington's 12 and 13. It's like they're just beating up on each other. And, and that's exactly what we talked about last week, you know. The Braves, yeah, it, it doesn't look great on paper right now, 13 16, but – you know, you're a game and a half back first, and and you said it best. You know, these division rivals were, you know, week in, week out, we're just beating up on one another, and there's no clear favorite. And, and it may be that type of situation all year, Parker. You know, you go down that list. We've talked about the new acquisitions from the from the Washington Nationals. We talked about, obviously, the acquisitions of the Philadelphia Phillies. But I think the big team we forgot about last week is the Miami Marlins, you know. This is a team that is as young and as electric as anyone. You know, you talk about the Blue Jays and some of that young talent, but the, the starting pitching down in Miami, there's not a single guy that you can't consider a flamethrower. You know, one through five, they all have the ability to touch 97, 98, you know, in the first or the sixth, seventh inning. And unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you may believe, that's the, the way our game uh, in the major leagues has seem to go velocity is king and and you see that every day if you if you watch professional baseball 
Um, there, there's just not a whole lot of Greg Maddox's in the world anymore. So, how, how do you feel about that? Because you know, I know, being, as being an old school guy, uh, you know, I understand it. You know, velocity obviously is always going to play, uh, but man, I tell you, it, it, it's it's it used to be a lot of fun. Uh, watching some of those old school guys, obviously I'm a huge Maddox, huge Glavin fan. Um, you know, and, and we still have a few of those guys, you know, you look at a D- Dallas Keuchel, you look at a, uh, a Hendricks in Chicago. Um, but it's just not as common as it once was. Right. And I, I know, I mean, I know you got to watch Gla- uh, Maddox whenever you were watching baseball, I unfortunately didn't. So I've kind of grown up in this, Heat era, but I mean, my favorite pitcher growing up was Tim Lincecum. Sure. So I love watching Tim Lincecum throw. He didn't throw the ball hard. He was just disgusting. And that's kind of what I wish would come back now. But I get it. I mean, when you have flamethrowers like Chapman's and things like that, that's what you gravitate to. But at the same time, I'd much rather watch a Maddox pitch. Right. Because I like that's what I love about Ian Anderson so much. He's not gonna throw ninety-seven, ninety-eight by you. But he's gonna mm-hmm. throw a like a good change up, locate that fastball and move it in and out. Like that's what pitching used to be. That's kind of what I love about the Braves. The Braves don't have a lot of flamethrowers, mm-hmm. but they can locate. Absolutely, and you know, outside of those two left-handers in the bullpen, you know, AJ Mentor and and that Marisnik, you know, outside of those two left-handers that that will run it up there. It, we really don't have that. You know, the, Tomlin, he's a right soft right-hander. You know, he may hit 86 to 88. Going to come at you from the, a little bit of a sidearm arm slot with, you know, a pretty good slide piece. And then, obviously, uh, Will Smith there at the end um, to shut the door and close things out. You know, he's not going to run it up past 93, 94. So, um, a good mix of, of kind of both of what we're talking about here. Yep. Now, have you did you watch the game tonight? I did not. I'm I'm currently watching Dodgers Cubs. Um, just saw that you know Jason Hayward uh, missed a big opportunity to drive in two runs here in the sixth inning. Walker Bueller was able to work out of a jam. Do you remember whenever he used to play? Jason Hayward used to play for the Braves and his a- like absolutely. I can remember being a I say a kid. I I want to say I was in middle school. I can remember watching Jason Hayward's debut opening day. Uh, you know, he hits a bomb at Turner Field over the right field wall and the place just exploding. You know, I think Hayward was a guy that, that certainly fell in love with the city of Atlanta and obviously the city of Atlanta fell in love with him. I, it's a shame. I, I do wish, uh, you know, he was still an Atlanta guy. I think he, he could have been successful there for a lot longer than what we kept him, but um, kind of side story to that. I actually had the opportunity to to play a, a summer showcase tournament against Jason Hayward's younger brother, who, believe it or not, uh, was a first baseman. And he, he went on and um, continued his college baseball career at the University of Miami. I, I, you know, it'd be a good reference for the next podcast, next episode, if we kind of track and see where his little brother is. But uh, I know at the time he was a a, a starting first baseman for Miami. I'd be curious to see if he got drafted because a dude could swing it just like his older brother. And that, I'm glad you brought that up because now I want to transition into something I wanted to really ask you last mm-hmm. week, but we didn't have enough time. First question is, 
what are some of the best players you ever played with? Mm. Great, great question, man. And um, it's, it's it's always fun to walk down memory lane. And I, yeah, I'm gonna take it all the way back to my high school days. Um, I know some of you you listeners that that know me well know that I had the opportunity to to win a state championship my junior year in high school and. And that was that was a really special club, one that I'll never forget. And um, really, the the key to our success that year, and, and again, being an old school guy, I credit a lot of success to pitching. You know, we had a left hander, uh, Dan Streetback, who just absolutely had the year of his life. I mean, the guy, you know, night in, night out, would give us quality innings. He was a strikeout guy. Had a mix of three or four pitches. You know, his nickname in the in the dugout was Zeus. You know, that's what we called his left arm. And he went on to uh, continue his career at West Virginia University. He was a left-hander, sat about 86 to 88 with a just devastating breaking ball. Um, um, so I, I'd have to start with him. He was a great player, um, probably one of the, the major keys to, our, you know, our success and obviously winning a state championship ring, which was special for me. Um, and then moving on to college, man, um, I, I, I got to give a shout out to my boy. Uh, his name was Donato Guyano the uh, third, otherwise nicknamed Don Don, you know, from the island of Hawaii, a guy who came in uh, from a high level junior college, Hartnell Community College out in Oregon. Uh, you know, he transferred to this small division two school in West Virginia and probably thought, what in the world was I thinking? But he ended up having a really good career there uh hit over i want to say 325 both both seasons as a junior and a senior and you know i learned a lot from him as a hitter um in terms of the mental approach a guy who you know it didn't matter if he was, you know seven for his last 10 or if he was oh for his last 10 that, that dude stepped up to the plate <clears throat> with the same approach day in day out um you know he never doubted his abilities at the plate and, and that's something that um, you know, we'll get into in the future, but the mental side of this game is is honestly more devastating than, than anything else. And, and folks that have played this game, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so I, I got to give a credit to him. He also, uh, Don Don had an incredible arm. You know, he played third base. He, he was one of our relief, relief pitchers. And um, one, one of the, the funniest stories with him was, you know, First day of practice in the fall, we, we show up, you know, obviously transferring in from Oregon. He's originally from Hawaii. Um, he lived on the small island of Oahu. You know, he didn't know anybody. And as we're starting to play catch, you know, you're warming up first day, guys still getting to know each other. His throwing partner was, was ended up being our starting, our number one uh, left-handed pitcher from California, Abel Hernandez. And, you know, he, he kept telling this guy, back up you know, back up, back up. He, he wasn't loose yet. We're like, man, what is this guy doing? And his ability um, to long toss from pole to pole, you know, he would stand still, rotate his hips, and just chuck that thing. Um, and he was a huge believer in long toss, you know, and, and he had one of the strongest arms. He, he was about 88, 89 off the mound. Um, and it was just a testament to his hard work and, and really um, strengthening his arm in the offseason. So, you know, I got to – Got to shout out my boy Streetback, aka Zeus, and then obviously Don Don. Uh, learned a lot from the mental side of the game from that guy. Just very even keeled, and um, you know trusted his abilities. 
Sorry to hear that. I uh, answered that question. I got three guys, really. The first two I didn't even really play with. They were on varsity when I was a freshman mm-hmm. in high school, and they both were two pitchers named Logan Bender and Tanner McLeod. Both of them pumped in 93. Mm. Both committed to Campbell. Whew. Yeah. And I was then I was a catcher. So I had to say a few games for bullpen stuff. Oh, I bet oh, you enjoyed that. Heck no. <laughs> they put I, dude, I left practice so many days with a, like hurting hand. <laughs> but they could, they were disgusting. Logan Bender is still playing Tanner Cloud. Logan Bender went is now going to NC State. But my man had the most disgusting off speed. Cause you just you were expecting that fastball. He was just slow that like just throw it by you. And I had to face him one day. I, I got one hit off of him hmm. and won it back. And I, I luckily saw his fastball first pitch and just closed my eyes and swung. <laughs> disgusting. But let's change let's transition into how about the toughest pitcher you ever faced in baseball? Oh, I'll tell you, man. Um it's probably going to have to be a tie between two for me. And um, both of them, I actually faced my junior year in college. Um, first guy I'll, I'll mention, uh, we were on a, a road series at North Greenville University, obviously a very successful Division Two college down in uh, South Carolina. Powerhouse, actually, Division Two. I think this year they were as high as number four in the country right now. They're sitting right around eight or ninth. Um, you know, out of the conference Carolinas. Anyway, long story short, we're down there. We're playing um, first game of the series at being a left-handed hitter. You know, my biggest nightmare is always lefty-lefty matchups. And sure enough, we get a left-hander who's sitting about 90 to 91 uh, with just devastating slide piece. And come to find out, he, he ended up going, I, I want to say, seven or eight and a third and um, ends up beating us that day. But come to find out he was a Georgia Tech transfer um he had some he was someone who had gone to school at Georgia Tech kind of found out that you know living in an inner city right there in downtown Atlanta uh wasn't his best fit so he ended up transferring to North Greenville and um you know that was a tough day at the plate for for old Van Beaver so um yeah I got to give him credit as probably one of or if not the best arm I faced um, and then the second one that I've got to give a shout out to, and if we've got any Twins fans on the on the podcast here today listening, uh, you'll know this name. His name's Randy Dubnack, and he's currently the Minnesota Twins number three uh, starting pitcher in the rotation. He actually went to a very small Division two college in West Virginia, just 20 minutes down the road from me at Salem at Alderson Broadus, and had the opportunity to <clears throat> play against them four times a year, you know, it's kind of our, our conference rival with being 20 minutes down the road. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't say this much, but you know, we always ran into some of their guys, whether it be for the right reasons or wrong reasons, you know, we would always go to a little town called Clarksburg, go, go out to dinner, go out to, uh, you know, get a drink or two or whatever. And we always seem to run into those guys and, you know, there was no love lost between those two teams. And, he was one of their leaders. He was their ace. And we ended up having to play them the first round of the GMAC tournament. And this man in college just threw a heavy sinker. Um, you know, in college, he was sitting about 88, 89. 
you know, he relied, he worked off that sinker and, and then threw in a, a pretty devastating changeup. Um, I, I went over three that day with the old, uh, you know, golden sombrero. So that was a challenging day for me. He's a right-hander, you know, not someone that typically would give me fits, but, um, he had a, he had a little sinker that just, you talk about some run or some, some, some dive to that ball. I, I didn't even make contact off that guy. And obviously, uh, he's very successful. He ended up playing indie ball for, for one and a half years before he got picked up by the twins. And, you know, he had a very, very successful career in the two short years he's been in the, in the major leagues. So that would have to be my top two. What about you? Mm, I'll play with some, that's the thing. I'll play with some good pitchers, but I'm thinking they're, they're definitely one, but, uh, there's one that remain that just that tops the rest. I'm gonna get to him in there in a minute. But Baker Nelson is probably number two. He went to our rival at Hornet Central mm-hmm. my junior year. He was a year ahead of me. My man. So I'm finally getting to start games, and we just played a game before the, a day before that, and I went 0 for three against the ECU commit. So he was pretty good, but I was in my own head that night. The very next night, my, and then the funny story too. I'm telling it for this reason because it's funny. My girlfriend is there. Mm-hmm. And she's finally brought her family to come watch me play because she went to my rival school. Oh. So I'm facing this kid. And, I mean, I I handle pressure, pressure situations like that pretty good because mm-hmm. I just take it out of my head. I'm facing this guy. Went up there first at bat. Struck out. Second at bat. Goes up there. I struck out. <laughs> Third at bat, I'll go up there. I strike out on three pitches. I nice. my head because I'm so anxious. I walk back to the day. Now I'm most I'm most of the time calm, but I said the f word so loud. Oh, I said it, and apparently my mom heard it, my dad heard it, <laughs> they heard it. They all look at me, and I'm just trying to hide because I know I've gotten in trouble. So that, um, but he was disgusted. He had a good fastball. Right, but got in trouble for that. But no, the hardest or the toughest pitcher I ever faced was a guy named DJ Hertz. You know him? I, he, do, uh, I do not. He, uh, well, he went to Terry Sanford up in Fayetteville, and he got drafted by the Cubs in round eight in 2019. Okay, he was a lefty throwing the low 90s, good off speed. I think it was more of a slide piece. We're playing them the first day of the season just for a little scrimmage. He goes up there and faces 13 batters. Mm. He strikes out 13 batters. Wow. The Cubs were there. <laughs> he brought his ring. We all walked, saw his ring. Struck out. Two people fouled him off. Mm. Me and then our one hole, the first pitch of the game. Outside of that, he went up there and nobody else touched him. Wow. Man, what disgusting. He's uh, in, I think, low A for the Cubs or high A for the Cubs now. Oh, I hope he gets up there. He is disgusting. Absolutely. The face. Um, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some things like at, that happens at a college practice and what you like to – like what, what's – the best thing for practice that you enjoy doing the most as a coach and then what do you enjoy the most as a player whenever you play well I'll tell you it's it's honestly two in the same for me and, and I'm probably uh, 
a little bit different from most. I know most of the guys I played with and most of you guys at LCC definitely enjoy hitting the most. Um, but that's that was never who I was as a player. You know, I always joke with people and I say, you know, the fact that I had a left-handed swing was probably the main reason that got me to college. Um, but my best part of my game and, and the, the part of the game that I enjoy most is the defensive side. And so as a player, you know, I always took a lot of pride in, in perfecting my craft. With the, and um, as a coach, that's also still probably my favorite part. I, I have the opportunity to work with our infielders at LCC and, you know, getting the opportunity to do a lot of different drill work uh, in, in, when we split off to do some individual defense. And, and then obviously we like to end it, you know, at the end of practice with situational stuff where we get to put our, our, our defense into some oddball situations and try to get you guys prepared for the games. Um, that's, that's the most exciting part of the day for me as a coach, um, for sure. How about you? Well, as a, cause I, I've coached before and I'm going to answer it first as a coach. I enjoyed the hitting, but not, I enjoyed the hitting aspect of it, but what I enjoyed about it was being able to help them learn what they're doing. That's the thing is most hitters don't know what they're doing. They just go up there and do it. Right. So being able to talk with some of the guys and like just talk to them about their swing and especially whenever we're playing in mid game, me and the three hole hitters right there on the steps, watching the game, paying attention to nicks and crannies or anything that the pitcher does. Like I enjoyed that, that aspect of it being coaching hit i enjoy that but as a player bp or scrimmage anything like that mostly the scrimmage because i'm very competitive absolutely i love that competitive nature being able to like look at a pitcher and be like i just hit a double off you <laughs> like right i enjoy that because I, I like to talk my i like to talk a lot as people know but i enjoyed <laughs> that aspect of bp just being able to hit with some of the guys and stuff like that like matt thompson hit a bomb one day and and I gotta I gotta stop you there, Parker, for our listeners that you know don't want to believe this. You know that's that's up to them. But Parker, uh, I want to say what was it last Friday? I think it was Friday or Thursday. Put four of them out of the yard up in Kinston. So Parker has definitely uh, you know changed his tone, you know, and his approach at the plate. Uh, and it showed the other day in BP, he was able to. Hit with some pop. I think you had mentioned it, you know, getting out into the bullpen out there in left center. So that oh, was good to yeah. see. Dude, what I, that was the funny thing is I, I hit the first one. So I'm not going to lie. The wind the wind helped me a lot on about <laughs> three of them. I'm not even going to lie. But what was funny is I hit the first one and Coach is about to throw me the second one. I'm like, nah, homie, I'm, I'm going to watch this one for a minute. <laughs> and I watched it leave and I was like, all right, I think I figured something out. But the thing about that is, is that my little brother, about two weeks before, hit two out. Has hit two out, and he's looking at me, and he's two years younger than me. And he's like, "Where are you gonna hit one? Hit when are you gonna hit one out?" <laughs> so I finally hit them four. I went home this weekend. I'm like, "Hey, four, <laughs> figure it out." I said that to him. What does he do the next practice? He goes and hits two, and he's like, "All right, four four. Now we're tied." I'm <laughs> like, God dang it! So I love that. But we'll talk more about family stuff later. But I do want to get this story out. 
and because Matt, I know Matt's going to hear this, and Matt's not going to like it. But I don't care. <laughs> a guy, we have a guy on the team named Matt Thompson called Smash for a reason. He smashes the ball hard. But one day we're doing BP, and he hits the ball out, and he hits it out on the last pitch of the BP. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the outfield. Me and him talk crap to each other every day, but we love it. We enjoy it. So he hits the ball out, and he bat flips. I'm yelling from the fence, like, uh-uh, no, we ain't bat flipping on something that barely got over it. So I'm just constantly like that. Uh, I finally hit my home run. My man looks at me like, no bat flip? I'm like, nah, you don't bat flip on something that just got over it. <laughs> oh, so me and him, we like to pick at each other, but that was – me and him, that was funny. That day, they just bat flipped on a ball that barely got over it. <laughs> and I'm, everybody's telling me to calm down because I'm yelling at him. <laughs> Absolutely. Man. It's always exciting to get a chance to show off that pop a little bit during practice. You know, it's always good to get the camaraderie of the boys. You know, it's one of the one of the fun fun spots for sure uh, in the middle of a of practice, especially when those POs get involved trying to rob home runs. That's good for everybody. So. Oh yeah. What's funny is, I, so I hit the four that day, and everybody talking to me like I'm a power hitter now, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like cross hit like five out. Uh, Jackson pass it four out. Y'all hit eight out. It's like no, I'm nowhere. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just gonna hit my little gap shot. So we're gonna call it a good day. Right, right. right. Like I'm, I know whenever I'm, I've met my match. <laughs> so, so that it's always fun being out there with God. I know we kind of talked about this last week. It's like I'm gonna enjoy keeping up with some of these guys after this year. Because after this year, I do go on to Brevard. It's just I enjoy – what I think I enjoy about the game the most is I'm, I think I'm – playing always great, but being able to have friends mm-hmm. is awesome. And uh, in this little story, so we went and played Bryant's right at home, and Samuel Sproul was putting up some of the BP stuff. And I know one of the bullpen arms on Bryant Stratton. And uh, he uh, he looks at Sproul and he's like, hey, is Parker Crude over there? He's like – yeah, he's like, is he starting? And I, I won't start. And Sproul's like, nah. He's like, so you took what? And the kid said to Sproul, he's like, so you mean to tell me? He's going to three schools now, and he still can't start. Sproul came over there and told me that, and I started dying laughing. And I found him after the game, my friend. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that was uncalled for. He was like, yeah, but it's true, ain't it? I was like, bro. So I enjoy just some of the laughs and some of the stories with some of the guys that I've played with and played like around. I think that's probably what I'm going to miss most, honestly, whenever I'm done, just playing around with some of the guys on the field and just having them jokes. Absolutely, man. And and we touched on it last week. And, you know, my wife will attest to it. You know, the the friendships, the brotherhood, you know, the memories that, that you make, you know, with all those hours of practice and, you know, those long road trips to Virginia Beach or, or wherever it may take you. Um you know, those are the, the things that you'll remember most, you know, more than whatever your batting average was or that ERA or, or that play you made. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, being five years out of playing, you know, college baseball, a lot of the scores have slipped my memory. But the relationships and the friendships you're able to create, um, you know, they last, they, they, they last a lifetime. And, and I'm thankful for those. And you're obviously – starting to feel that way as well and and obviously you still got a bright future you got 
two to three more years ahead of you at Brevard, and and I think you're going to enjoy yourself there. And obviously, you you got little brother coming with you, and you guys will have an opportunity to make an impact right away, and and hopefully build some more meaningful relationships and and, and friendships. Absolutely. You know, it's funny though that I'm gonna I'm gonna miss some of the guys, but I'm gonna miss Coach Smith a lot because it's like every day he'll come up to me and tell me a funny joke, and it's just like. How do you have jokes every day? <laughs> that man is full of them. I'm telling you. Right? Absolutely full of them. Right? So it's like, um, he didn't tell me one today. Well, unfortunately. I'll tell you, man, I, that'll kind of be a good transition into our, our joke of the week. You know, on episode two here, we mentioned, uh, you know, we were going to throw one in and, I, I got to take one right out of Coach Smith's playbook here, and um, you know, bear with me as we get through this. As hopefully, I don't botch it up too much. But you know, obviously, you show up to practice. You know, you you got that serious tone, and and Coach Smith does a great job of of lightening everyone up, and he does that with the coaching staff. So you know, I get to practice today, and right off the bat, he hits me with this joke. So so we'll share it with the viewers, with the listeners, and. Uh, you know, he, he tells me, he's like, man, I heard this story, you know, this, this preacher moved to a new town, this small town. He said it was such a small town that, you know, he didn't even own a car. He didn't need one. He said he could ride his bike everywhere. And so long story short, uh, you know, he's riding his bike place to place. And I don't know, it gets to be Wednesday or Thursday and he shows up at the barber shop and he, Barber says, hey, you know, preacher, where's your bike at? You know, I saw you walk to the barbershop today. And preacher said, well, he said, I'm a little concerned. He said, uh, you know, everybody in town knows I ride my bike. And um, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I woke up today and it looks like somebody stole it. And I couldn't find my bike anywhere in town. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I don't know how to get it back. And the barber said to him, well, you know what you ought to do, preacher? is you ought to, you know, this Sunday at church, you ought to preach on the Ten Commandments, talk about, you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And he said, when you get to that commandment about thou shalt not steal, he said, you really just need to hammer it home, you know, and really, you know, make them feel conscious about it and, and convicted about it. And, and he said, I bet you that bike will turn back up. Preacher said, well, I'll tell you what, it's a pretty good idea. I think I might do that. So long story short, you know, a week later, he's back at the barber shop, and he shows up with his bike. The barber comes, meets him at the door. He says, hey, preacher, you got your bike back. That's good. Preacher said, yeah. He said, uh, it's a relief, man. I, I found my bike. And and preacher said, well, did you do like I said? Did you, did you preach on the Ten Commandments? He said, yeah. Yeah, I did. He said, well, good, good. Did you did you take your time? Did you Did you really hammer home the part about thou shalt not steal? He said, no, no, I, I didn't do that. He said, really? He said, well, what did you preach about? He said, well, about the part that I got to, the part about, you know, not supposed to commit adultery. I remember where I left my bike. He said, so we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the Coach Smith joke of the week. Uh, everybody should, ought to enjoy that. <laughs> oh, that is funny. <laughs> Oh man, I might have to remember that one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remember that one. So, before we go off, we gotta talk about 
this upcoming weekend and what's going on. Absolutely, man. Closing out the closing out the season with Southeastern. Obviously, we're on the road for three games, but um, wrap up LCC season. Right, right, and uh, I'm excited because a um, a long, long road of this season. It's going to unfortunately be coming to an end, but it's going to be coming to an end with a group of guys that I love and respect. So it's going to be great being out there with them and hopefully getting the sweep, which we will because we're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have anything you're looking forward to this weekend? Any key key players and key moments, anything like that? Well, I, you know, it's it's always um, you know a time of transition is always um, affects players differently. But you know, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing some of these second and third year guys finishing out their careers at LCC in, in, in high fashion, you know, guys that we've already mentioned, you know, obviously Aubrey Pollard, you know, I, I think is a guy that we'll see another great effort from on the mound. And, um, you know, another guy like Smiley and, and Jacob Norris that um, have been a, you know, a cornerstone at LCC for the last two, three years, and I think those guys ought to go into this weekend pressure-free, you know, and just playing for the love of the game. And and when you do that, um, you know, you got nothing to stress about and, and just go out and play the game the way that you played since you were, you know, five, six years old. Um, you're going to get good results. So looking forward to that. And, and, again, obviously some of these guys, this may be the last time they ever, you know, lace up the cleats and um, – whenever you do come to that position in, in in the game, you know, it's always special to see how guys go out. You know, obviously we've got a couple guys, Tanner Murray, who who's obviously hit the ball well for us, been a um, solid outfielder for us all season. I, I know he's, he's decided to go on into the military, which I obviously highly respect and think the world of anyone who, you know, represent and serve our country. And so, I'm looking for him to have a big weekend. I like to see him go out with a bang, and uh, I wish him nothing but uh, the best moving on in, in his professional career. Yeah, yep, me too. I'm uh, I mean, I know as a player, I'm looking for for a lot of things like you know, the jacks and the strikeouts because I'm awesome and I love <laughs> that. But no, in all honesty, I'm ready to watch. Uh, I'm I'm welcome to watch AP throw again. Because I've said it last week, and I'll say it again, I love watching him throw. Right. Because you know what's going to come. You know exactly what pitch is coming. He's just not going to hit it. Yep. So I'm looking forward to watching him throw. I'm looking forward to watching some of the guys go out there and at the end of the day, just be like, that's it. So just take their A swing and land. They're going to land with one. And uh, hopefully we'll see what happens there. But no, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I mean, this weekend hopefully goes well, but Outside of that, this Sunday is a very important day. <laughs> Would you like to tell our family what this Sunday is? Mother's Day. It's Mother's exactly. Day weekend, so all you all you listeners out there, you better remember to thank your mamas and, and, and maybe pick her up some flowers, take her for a nice dinner, and, and, and make sure you make her feel appreciated and loved. And, you know, I, I'll tell you this much. You know, it was a, a lesson I learned early on in life. Um, my father taught me, you know, you only get one mom in this world and, 
you know, it's our job to love and respect that woman. And, and I'm thankful, uh, you know, the good Lord gave me a, a great one. And, uh, you know, my father lost his mother at a young age. And so he learned at an early age, you know, you don't take those things for granted. And um, that's something he instilled in me. So definitely looking forward to this weekend, spending some time with my, with my mom and um, just make sure she knows how appreciated she is. Yep. Yep, and I'm doing the same by letting my mom have peace and quiet and be able to read a book. Uh, <laughs> there you go. It's all love and tapes here. But no, that's, uh, I think that's going to be it. I think we'll figure out some more things to talk about next week. But I, I don't think we got anything else. No, I, I appreciate time, Park. And uh, I'll tell you, man, it's uh, I've enjoyed our time. You know, obviously coming to a close here with episode two. But um uh, talked a lot about LCC and, and that's obviously something we're very passionate about and you, you listeners you know hang on a little bit longer we're going to continue to to broaden our base and, and our topics and uh, look forward to, to coming at you again in the coming weeks well with this season coming up and me not returning we're going to have to broaden it up a little bit but uh, I know one day we will be talking about our past and why we moved from where we moved to and some of the things behind that. But we're not going to burden most people with that tonight. (laughs) But uh, I can't wait for that episode because I know I kind of want to hear your story and kind of hear what you went through because I know I'm not the only one that's transferred from places. Sure, sure. So I can't wait to hear about that. But uh, once once the season ends, we'll we'll definitely be able to talk about some more things, more Atlanta Braves, more baseball things like that, and what's going on in our daily lives. And everything like that. But uh, for right now, I think that might be it, man. All right, buddy. We we appreciate your time, Park, and uh, looking forward to it, man. We'll see you at the yard tomorrow. Yes, sir. See you at work. All right. For all you listeners, appreciate your time. It's another one with the old chip off the old park. Peace.